We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant, you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors. Plus, with unlimited everything from T-Mobile, the awesome iPhone XR will have everyone snapping, streaming, and sharing to their heart's content all year long. But don't wait. It's only for a limited time. So visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iPhone XR on us. If congested, customers using more than 50 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds due to prioritization. Video at 480p via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers plus tax. Qualifying trade-in, port-in, service, and finance agreement required. Contact us before canceling our credit stop and remaining balance due. 64 gigs, zero down, plus 3125 per month for 24 months. Pre-credit price, $749.99, 0% APR. One offer per account. Hey everyone, this is Dave Cabin. You're listening to the RotoViz Highlight Reel brought to you by Draft. On the Highlight Reel, we feature the top articles on RotoViz.com and get an extended insight into the writer's process and findings. For those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to RotoViz.com to check out the site. Today, we are going to be going waiver wire dumpster diving and we'll be led by Philip Caldwell, who's writing this weekly article on Rotoviz. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It is going good. Just got home, grabbed a little drink, and uh, get to talk a little football with you. So, not too bad. Awesome. Uh, so, you are doing uh, what I think is a pretty cool um, series for us on Rotoviz, which is the waiver wire dumpster diving. Uh, where you're going to be covering certain players that you know you're probably not going to be reading about. 
uh, extensively in any other articles. Uh, so why don't you just kind of break down what it's all about and, uh, you know, kind of give us a sense of how we could incorporate this into our weekly process. Yeah, so the main purpose of this article is to highlight players that are, you know, almost com- surely available in your league, no matter what league you're in, because I limit it to players that are owned in 10% of leagues or less. And I try to find those, you know, kind of little hidden gems that uh, can provide you know, sometimes just weekly value, um, sometimes season-long value for your fantasy team. Definitely. And I think that, uh, you know, in many leagues, that's how you can find that separation uh, that you need uh, to differentiate yourself, especially if you're on a team where, you you know, you have to play the wire a lot to kind of make up for some uh, injuries or different things that you couldn't have foreseen when you were drafting. So how did you, uh, I guess, come up with the article premise and how did you decide on the 10% or lower uh, as the ownership threshold? Um, so it was funny. I was I was actually just starting out writing fantasy articles, and um, I was asked what weekly column I wanted to contribute at the time, and that just com- kind of completely left me at a loss because I was <laughs> I was sitting there trying to think, you know, why should anybody care who I would start or sit? Like nobody knows me, so there's all these big names in the industry. There's you know thousands of other names that are just as big or small as mine. You know, who cares what, who I would start or sit? And, you know, the same sort of idea um, with a waiver wire piece. So, you know, what would make my piece different from all of the other big name sites? So while I was trying to think of that and, you know, while I was trying to sort of come up with uh, a unique way to sort of carve out a niche, um, I was digging around on my own uh, waiver wire actually in a dynasty league which is also a two quarterback league has you know super deep benches because it's dynasty league and there's 14 yep. teams so <laughs> i was going through and i was reading a bunch of other people's waiver wire columns and looking for any of those guys in my league and i realized that none of the big sites listed a single player that was actually available in my league and so that's when i sort of came up with it okay I need something more specific to this league. So why don't I write something that's more that's, you know, kind of specific to that league? And so I basically kind of actually started writing it for myself in my own deep league. Oh, and then as far as the 10% or lower ownership, um I just kind of felt like that was probably a pretty safe bet uh Pretty much, I was finding guys. I, I found them around fifteen to twenty percent. But you know, I felt like if I was really going to sort of find those hidden gems and find those you know real deep dive guys that I knew would be available to anybody else who read it, um, despite kind of their league format, that the ten percent or less seemed like a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I think that seems like a, a good number to go with, and that's really cool. You know, I think. Um, that's one of the things that I like about Rotoviz and you know a lot of other sites out there is when you can get those articles that uh, have a very specific slant and you can tell that the person that's writing it you know they're coming from a place of really being interested in it. Uh, so I, I I also you know as somebody writing on the site like that we have articles like this out there because when I'm writing my uh, GLSP piece each week I know that there's certain players I can't hit on so it's just good to know that we have coverage of all of these players you know players for regular leagues, but for those that are very deep and even your 14-team dynasty leagues. So as you're making your way through each week, 
what are you looking for in these possible dumpster dive candidates? You know, what are some of the main things that you're going to be going after? So the first thing I do is I definitely, you know, kind of put a leash on myself and I try to avoid chasing quote unquote, mm-hmm. the touchdowns. Um, I don't want to just grab that, you know, that third string tight end that had, had his uh, a two t- touchdown reception game. And it was also those first two catches of the season come like week eight or nine. Um, <laughs> so I try to make sure not to go down that rabbit hole. Right. Um, and then the, the, the main thing that I kind of always go for when I'm looking for dumpster dives is the opportunity. I check for guys that are, you know, they're underowned. They're kind of going under the radar, but they're they're having a surprise amount of either snaps and or targets when they're on the field. Pardon me. So they're not necessarily, you know, obviously on the field, you know, 89, 90% of the snaps, but they're on the field for maybe 25% of snaps or 30% of snaps every game. And when they're on the field, the most important thing to me is that they're actually getting looks. They're on the field for passing downs or they're, you know, when they're on the field, they're actually getting those targets or they're getting goal line opportunities. If it's a running back, something like that. Um, the other thing I look for is just the increase in the opportunities. If, if I'm watching, you know, somebody who's getting, Maybe, you know, not double-digit targets every week, but they're steadily increasing targets week over week over week. You know, maybe they went from three targets to five targets to seven targets to ten targets. That's kind of another guy that I'm I'm trying to focus in on and sort of see what's going on with that offense and the pieces around them and see if I think that that's going to continue. Um, and then the last part of it, and I, I, I always really hate this, but it's a part of the game that we play. Um, but obviously, if an injury you know, paves the way for a new player to step up into an increased role, of course, you know, we have to all highlight that as well. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely the nature of the beast. And the reality is that's how a lot of these guys that emerge uh, every year find their way into... Uh, playing time and eventually into fantasy relevancy. So that's just one thing that we can't avoid. Uh, so along those lines, who are some of your best uh, dumpster dive calls of the year? Who are some of those players that you were able to uh, identify uh, as they emerged? Last year was awesome. Last year was like the best year for my dumpster dive calls. I, I called out Cole Beasley before week one. Tyrell Williams back in week two, and then uh, Tyreek Hill and Adam Thielen I both wrote about in week six. So, you know, those were some of the guys that I'm still pretty proud about. This year, um, some guys that have done real well, Devin Funches I wrote about back in week three, um, Juju Smith-Schuster and Cameron Brait back in week five, and then uh, Rex Burkhead and Marquise Goodwin back in week ten, and one guy that uh, I wrote about again this week, but I also wrote about him last week, was Mike Davis. And Mike Davis just put up over 100 yards from scrimmage against Philly. So he's another guy that I'm I, I, that stuck a little feather in my hat. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up the Davis call because last week he was one of those guys too that uh, when I was looking for a couple of my teams for a fill-in and I realized he was available, I was very happy. And then when I saw that you had uh, you know included him as well, it made me even more happy 
Uh, so I'm glad we had a chance. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about him because he's one of those guys. I was hoping that at some point we'd get to see him, uh, and it looks so far like he's going to pan out just in time for the, uh, the fantasy playoffs for many people out there. Well, let me tell you because I, I live up here in Seattle, and yep. uh, the local the local sports guys, you know, they were excited about him coming back from that injury, even though we really only saw him for like half of a game. Right. But, uh, when yeah, when he was coming back from the injury. Like you would have thought that he was the starter all year long and that he was just a first string guy all the way, like with the way everybody was talking about him and excited about him coming back. So, yeah, he's he's definitely a favorite to probably carry some teams, I think, through the playoffs. Yeah. And I was surprised, too, to find, though, um, at least in my leagues, there were not many people looking to get back on the horse with him and add him uh, even after, you know, the news breaking that it looked like, you know, he'd be the guy getting a lot of the touches. So it was good to see. And uh, the other thing I'm going to be looking to do is see if I can incorporate him into some of my DFS weekly rosters on draft. Uh, Listen, we've been talking about it all season, but now for many of you, it probably makes the most sense to uh, keep your fantasy season going if you didn't make the playoffs. Hop on to draft. At this point, I'm doing NBA drafts. I'm doing NFL drafts. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, again, you know, they're snake drafts, so it's really cool. You can do as many as you want. And if you spent like an hour, you could have like a million lineups. Seriously, like it's really quick. It's really fun. Uh, download the app. Just search draft in your app store or go to playdraft.com. Uh, and still, uh, players can get a free entry into a draft when they make their first deposit. Uh, so I'm going to be looking to get uh, Davis on at least a couple of my squads this week uh, that I put together. Uh, again, just go to playdraft.com or search draft in the app store and play free with promo code RV radio. So we talked about some of your hits, uh, but now we have to uh, you know look at the other side of the coin and see who are some of the guys that you've missed on. Now, I will make the... The uh, disclaimer before we get into this, that if you're dealing with guys that are under 10% owned, I think it's perfectly fair that you're going to have some big misses. Uh, <laughs> but who are, I mean, you know, even with guys that are, you know, bigger names, it's still bound to happen. Uh, so who are some of those guys that, you know, you didn't hit with? Yeah, running backs just as a whole seem to be real tricky. You know, um, part of the reason is because if somebody's getting the opportunity or, there's an injury that next guy up is like owned immediately. So finding running backs yep. that are under 10% owned can be pretty tricky. Um, I mean, last year I got real lucky with Ty Montgomery because I, I wrote about him um, ahead of, ahead of the switch to running back. Really? I just liked him, you know, a year or two ago when he was a wide receiver still, and then he got hampered by injuries. I thought he was really yep. good. Um, so when he was coming back, I wrote about him and then he kind of went off the radar for two games and then came back as a running back and, you know, sort of took over. So I was like, yay, that worked out. Um, <laughs> but a couple, yeah. a couple other big misses, you know, was, uh, let's see, Andy Janovich, Traveris Cadet, Peyton Barber last season, not this season. Um, and then Benny Cunningham also, I, I missed the boat there. I also suggested Andre Johnson before week one started last year. And we know that that did not pan out very well. <laughs> well, you weren't, you weren't the only person suggesting that I'm sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then this year, um, I, I put a bold claim out there that we could expect Kyle Juszczyk to be a poor man's Tevin Coleman. That's, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of whiffed. Um, also I, you know, foolish me. 
I, I, I somehow fell down that Tevin Austin or Tevon Austin uh, rabbit hole again, uh, week six. And then um, let's see. Oh, speaking of Mike Davis, I keep pumping JD McKissick, and they just seem to refuse to want to actually use him in, here in Seattle. So that's been another another kind of miss, especially now that Davis is back. And uh, I think McKissick had like one rush and three targets. That was it. So. That was no good. Yeah, he's been a bit of a tease, actually, because there's been a couple of times where I'm like, you know what, maybe if they do use him correctly, this could work, and he could be an interesting type of fantasy player. Maybe a guy that doesn't need to have a lot of touches. Uh, he could just be efficient with the looks, but it just hasn't panned out. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we Thank see. Thank you. That's <laughs> yeah. what I've been saying. I'm like, oh, man, if they would actually use him, since they have basically no offensive line in Seattle – if they pretty much like used him and Lockett and Baldwin and let Russell William R- Russell Wilson just run kind of a college sort of uh, spread system, maybe they could actually get something going in the first half of games. But instead, they just refuse. Yeah, it, it is one of it's one of those things uh, where you just get frustrated, especially. You know, now that you have guys from a fantasy perspective that you're pulling with and you're just like, why can't they just utilize this this guy the way that I want him to get used? <laughs> so I feel your I feel your pain there. Uh, but as we look ahead now, so these are some of the guys from the past who is under owned that we should be considering for week 14. All right. So a few guys that I highlighted this week, I'm doubling down on Trent Taylor. I, I wrote about him ahead of time, um, ahead of the season, back before week one started. And I really do think that he is going to thrive under the Kyle Shanahan uh, offense in San Francisco. But with that awesome QB carousel that went on for the first half of the season, he, re- <laughs> <laughs> he really hasn't seen the consistent um, high-value targets that I expected him to be getting in that system. But now with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, he looks like he's you know able to actually distribute the ball in a way, 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 way more efficient way. Um, I mean, this last week, he caught all six of his targets for a season high 92 yards, and it just it looked like everything that I had hoped for. This guy, he was called Kyle Shanahan's draft crush from uh, the GM there. He had like over 1,800 yards back in the uh, in his senior year in college. Um, it just he is one of those guys that if you get the ball to him and put it anywhere near his hands, he's gonna grab it. And when he has the ball in his hands, he runs hard. He he's he's kind of undersized, so you know he's not a big outside threat, but. He's definitely, definitely. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he is a he is an NFL player. He runs really hard with the ball, um, and not only that, but there's going to be a I think a big shift in the target distribution in San Francisco for the remainder of the season. I mean, Carlos Hyde was getting pummeled with targets under when C.J. Beathard was under center. He had 44 targets in his time as a, as a starter, and that's 8.8 targets per game. So that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of a step back if you're a Carlos Hyde owner. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but that that kind of volume just seemed, you know, uh, uh, um, unsustainable to begin with. Garoppolo really doesn't uh, 
target his running backs nearly as much. Um, he only looked to Carlos Hyde, who's you know arguably one of the best skill players on the 49ers right now. Mm-hmm. He only looked his way five times this first week, and I kind of I was pretty shocked by that because I thought he would be you know a security blanket for a quarterback who's making his first start with a new team. Um, but even if you look back to when he was starting for New England last season, the running backs only saw 16% of the target share, whereas Carlos Hyde was getting anywhere between 20 and 30% of the target share basically the entire time C.J. Beathard was starting. So that's a huge redistribution of targets, considering the fact that Trent Taylor is going out there as almost the number two receiver really playing in the slot as much as he is. Um, I really think that that means there's going to be a big uptick in targets coming his way. If you're in a PPR league, he could be a really sneaky value. Uh, so I, I'm going to pop in here though with a question. So do you think, um, with Garoppolo in, I don't know how, you know, how good of a pulse you have with the Niners, but it sounds like you, you have somewhat of, uh, you know, an inkling for what's going on there. You think that, uh, Goodwin's targets get, um, interrupted in any in any sense, or you think he's going to see the same volume? No, I love Goodwin with Garoppolo. The big difference is, is I think Garoppolo is going to um, target his tight ends and his slot receivers a little bit more mm-hmm. than checking down to the running back. And then also, I think that Garoppolo is going to be able to uh, distribute the ball to guys like Goodwin just much, much better, much you know, very. <laughs> very more efficient than Bethard was, or even, you know, the short little, um, oh my God, I almost, I forgot his, Hoyer, God, I, Brian Hoyer, yeah, Yeah. even, you know, even better than Hoyer was in his brief start with the 49ers, I just think Garoppolo is a better all-around quarterback, so even if Goodwin sees a small, small downsize in targets, and I, I, I would, I would, Garner that they're probably going to stay the same. I think that the targets he gonna, he's getting is going to be way more high quality. Yeah, that that seems like a very good analysis there. I'm on board with that. And I know that you wrote about another player, uh, different team, but somebody that might get to fill in uh, You know, if the starter misses time that I think is a great call for this week, and that's Trey Burton. I love Trey Burton this week under the assumption that Zach Ertz misses. And yep. with, with concussions, you know, you never know. Um, they're probably one of the worst things that can happen to a player just because of all the lingering sort of side effects. But um, we have to I have to assume that Zacherts is going to miss time with a concussion because they're just something that the league rightfully is just not messing around with anymore. And Trey Burton steps into that pass catching tight end role there with Philly. Um Last season, we saw Brent Selleck get listed as a starter whenever Zach Ertz missed time. Do not rush out and get Brent Selleck. Nobody for fantasy cares about Brent Selleck. He is the blocking tight end. When it comes down to actually pass targets, Burton is the way to go. Last year when this happened, Selleck was the starter. He got one target. Burton came in the same game and had uh, caught five of his seven targets for 49 yards and a touchdown. And pretty much the same thing happened last week when Ertz left the field. Um, Burton saw another seven targets and grabbed, uh, let's see, he caught four of them for 42 yards. So basically, once Ertz goes out, 
Burton is that other, you know, big play sort of threat from the tight end position. I mean, he ran a 4.6240 yard dash, which is in the 84th percentile for his position. The guy's, you know, pretty athletic and can definitely cause some mismatches. So, in a game that should be a shootout between the two, you know, top points per game uh, offenses in the NFL with the uh, Phillies and Los Angeles Rams, I think. Burton is definitely a way to really jumpstart your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Burton actually in college played a, a fair amount of wide receiver, too, when he was at Florida. So, like you said, you know, he's one of those athletic guys that, uh, as far as tight ends go, is definitely a receiving threat. So there's a lot of uh, optimism for him, uh, you know, if he does get to go with Ertz being out. Uh, so we talked about McKissick before, who was a receiver looking to change positions, uh, but it looks like you're on Davis now uh, for the second week in the row, which again makes me very happy. I am. I can't believe he's only owned in 2.9% of leagues still, especially with all the other you know, running back injuries. Or even offensive line. That doesn't injuries. make sense. It doesn't. Where were these people last week? What were they doing? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, when I wrote about him last week, he was owned in zero point nine percent of leagues. When I checked this week, I thought for sure he would not qualify for the column this week. Two point nine percent. I was like, what is happening? So I had to write about him again. Like I said, he put up over a hundred yards from scrimmage against the Philly defense last week, and again. It, Seattle has no offensive line. This was the first time for weeks that Russell Wilson wasn't the team's leading rusher. Mike Davis ran the ball 16 times for 64 yards and added 37 yards on four receptions. And I think that his play in the passing game is the real key to why he's going to be valuable moving forward in the uh, in the fantasy playoffs. Because like we talked about with J.D. McKissick, I really – I still – I'm going to hold to it that he's the best option if they just completely basically change their offensive game plan. But that being said, he only saw three targets. Mike Davis, if he's going to have the floor of being Wilson's safety outlet when he starts improvising and get crazy lateral passes, that isn't actually a lateral. Don't tell anybody in Seattle. Um, (laughs) Then plus on top of that, he's going to get goal line touches he's going to get pretty much you know 90 to 99 percent of the rushing work he's got a he's got a super safe floor and a really good ceiling that you just do not find this time of the year usually on your waiver wire not only that but he's got a favorable matchup uh throughout the fantasy playoffs he's let's see they get the rams and dallas in weeks 15 and 16, the Rams just got destroyed by Kerwin Williams of all people. And Dallas, if you look at their numbers, they, they look like kind of a middle of the pack rushing defense as far as, you know, giving up points to the fantasy running backs. But those numbers are heavily, you know, skewed one way or the other depending on if Sean Lee is actually in the lineup. Mm. And right now, he's not in the lineup. So I, you know, just going off of the personnel that they have, you know, I realize that it's week 14, but just going off the personnel that they have right now, I'm looking at week 16 like that's a real juicy uh, matchup for Seattle running backs. And not to mention, 
with the Rams doing as well as they've been doing, Seattle has to play to the end to make it into the playoffs or, you know, either as a divisional leader, because they could still technically catch up, um, or even as a wild card. So you know that they're going to be going for it in week 16. Definitely. Yeah. So moral of the story, if Davis is available, even if you don't think you're going to play him this week, just get rid of one of those guys that is sitting on your bench and sub Davis in for him. Just do it. So another uh, big tight end that is going to be out, well, Ertz, you know, potentially might miss time, but obviously Rob Gronkowski with the suspension. So those of us out there that uh, are in a league where a lot of those tight ends that you normally look to fill or stream in are taken, what do you think that they can do this week? Well, obviously Trey Burton is the guy that I would first say go for for a one-week Gronk fill-in. But if not, Dwayne Allen, I mean, you could do a lot worse than a starting tight end for New England going going up against the Miami Dolphins. And Dwayne Allen is owned in zero 0.5% of leagues currently we all yeah (laughs) yeah he's he's there for the taking and it's for a good reason he's been pretty much an afterthought but a big reason that he's been an afterthought is because Gronk has been on the field all season when he wasn't Marty Bennett was in there for like one game weirdly enough before he got put onto the IR um We've seen Tom Brady take, you know, egregious advantage of the mismatches that he can make with athletic tight ends. And we have seen Dwayne Allen cause mismatches as an athletic tight end in in Indianapolis, especially around the red zone and the goal line. Marty Bennett, like I said, he's on IR. Rob Gronkowski is a knucklehead and he's suspended. (laughs) And Tom Brady just got you know beat up last week against buffalo and i just expect him to come out against miami guns blazing and looking to put up points and looking to you know just light up that scoreboard and not only that but miami is a pretty cush matchup right now as they're giving up the fifth most fantasy points to the tight end position in the nfl so it's it's a little bit of a roll of the dice i understand that but if if you're going to gamble if you have to gamble at the tight end position there's a lot worse gambles i think that you can make than Dwayne Allen this week yeah absolutely and i think if you're at the point too you know where the type of player that you're going to be looking for if you start getting down to the players with that type of ownership percentage it's going to be hard to find a player that has that upside that Allen could have in that matchup with Miami for all the reasons that you just laid out. So I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I am pulling for you uh, that uh, you can close out strong and these picks will work in week 14. Uh, So before we get you out of here, do you have any other projects or things going on that you're working on or things that you have coming up in the future that uh, listeners could be on the lookout for? Um, right now the saxophone work is a little bit slow. That's sad. (laughs) But uh, for those of you that uh, are unaware, uh, <laughs> our guest tonight is a professional saxophone player, which is definitely a first. You know, I mean, I, I'll sh- I'll shoot you some music. You can use it as an intro song or something. I don't know. <laughs> we should um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I also do um, co-host a weekly fantasy football podcast with the uh, fantasy football twenty four seven guys. 
Um, so you can follow me at Dumpster Dive FF. You can follow that whole podcast at um, FFB underscore 247. It's really like that group has been just on top of it. We do three weekly podcasts, two redraft and one dynasty. Um, and then we also share duties and do weekly periscopes um, on Tuesdays for waiver wire. We do Sundays an hour before kickoff. Really active group. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm writing this column. And then during the off season, I kind of use my more analytical accounting side of things and really sort of dive deep into some different players. Um, really some, still some like unconventional players probably. And I do that for not only Rotoviz, but also playerprofiler.com. Nice. So, uh, Keeping busy with the fantasy, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so you know, definitely make sure that you go and check out uh, his work. Uh, you know, as we wind down this season, but also uh, as we make our way into the off season, which, as we know at Rotoviz, there pretty much is never an off season. Uh, you know, once we wind down um, the regular season this year, we're going to be hopping right back into all kinds of coverage, getting you ready for the draft and, uh, you know, dynasty next season, you name it. Uh, we will be there. So, Hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, it was good talking with you. Hopefully we can get you back on sometime. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite. Uh, love to jump in and uh, talk football with you anytime, man. Sounds good. And that's going to do it for today's edition of the Rotoviz Highlight Reel, brought to you by Draft. I'm Dave Cabin. Find me on Twitter at DaveCabinFF. My guest was Rotoviz.com writer Philip Caldwell at DumpsterDiveFF. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Highlight Reel. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.